Hi there, and welcome along to episode 158 of the Jesnet Weekly Podcast, the totally free and independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans, where all of our content is absolutely free. And that free content doesn't just end with the podcast here, but if you head over to our website at www.jersnet.co.uk, you can also find a great host of information there, including the very friendly discussion forum, plenty of articles, uh, match previews and reviews, a really informative history archive, as well as Frankie's social media. So please do head over to the website and check that out. Uh, We are, of course, going live. It's just on 9.30pm on the 14th of November. If you're joining us live tonight, then thank you so much for, for giving up your Sunday evenings. Please do let us know your, your thoughts, your comments, your questions in the YouTube stream there. There's, uh, there's quite a lot to get through today in, in what's been an absolutely bizarre week for, for Rangers fans and something that we've not had to deal with for, for quite a number of years now. So plenty to talk about and please do let us know your thoughts. If you're not with us live tonight, remember that the podcast does always go out uh, first thing on a Monday and that's wherever you get your podcast from, including iAcast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, uh, Stitcher and also on Spotify. As I say, uh, a really bizarre, surreal and, and tough week, I think, for, for the Rangers family um, with the departure of Stephen Gerrard. Uh, I've got two fantastic guests to, to, to help us try and make sense of, of what's happened this weekend and where we go from here. First of all, uh, a very, very warm welcome back to Alec Anderson. Alec, uh, how have you found this week? Yeah, 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 bizarre. I thought you'd missed a, a, an easy link there, Ross, with the, it's been a bizarre week and we've got a bizarre guest here. That's your, your usual nice. patter. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's been uh, very uh, weird uh, through, through the five stages of grief. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of at the acceptance point now, but there's still a lot of denial and a lot of, a lot of rage. And most of that coming from the fact that this time last week I was guffawing, scoffing on this very podcast at the prospect of uh, Stephen Gerrard going to a club like Aston Villa. No way. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be Anfield or nobody. So, uh, yeah. yeah, just looking forward to making a complete fool of myself again tonight, mate. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a regular feature here on the Jersey yeah. podcast. Yeah. Also with us tonight, David Fraser. David, um, yeah, what are your, your immediate thoughts after what's been a really turbulent week? Um, contrary to popular belief, Ross, um, I'm fairly relaxed about the whole thing. Um, I actually see it as an opportunity to move forward um, in a playing sense, so... I'm sure we'll get into it later on in the show, but I'm, I'm, look, I think he was going to move on at some point, so uh, it's happened, we just need to deal with it and how we how we go forward is the most important thing rather than you know, how he's left and what have you, so yeah. I'm sure we'll get yeah. to it. We certainly shall and, and you know, I think in terms of moving on and, and, and taking that next step, the club certainly don't seem to be resting on their laurels, they, they do seem to be making strides as, as quickly as they possibly can, which is... Which is uh, the right thing to do, given the, the couple of weeks that we've got ahead. Alec, we'll start with yourself. Obviously, this is the week that Stephen Gerrard left us after after three and a half years. The man who delivered 55, the man who restored professionalism to Glasgow Rangers um, after the, the most difficult period of our history. You know, the, the, the rebuilding through the leagues was complete, but re- restoring Rangers to their you know sort of rightful place at the top of Scottish football, being a force in Europe, that, that was done by Mr Gerrard. And... Um, that's now obviously that chapter is closed. Another chapter will, will open very, very shortly. Um, there will come a time, I think, in, in the not too distant future where we'll, we'll have had sufficient breathing room to, to be able to look back on Gerard's three and a half years and, and really evaluate the performances and, and, and the success that he brought. But what was your kind of immediate reaction to the news that he had left um, and that uh, he was no longer the, the Rangers manager? Yeah, as David's saying quite sensibly, um, there was that feeling of 
we should have seen this coming. For me, it was, I should have seen this coming. I think I'd kind of, um, kind of double bluffed myself, if you like, with it. I, I was kind of wearing it like a badge from day one that I'm Mr. Maturity. I've been through the Melbourne Rangers, same as the rest of us. I know that Steven Gerrard is going to go to Liverpool. But that was where the problem was. I thought it'll be Liverpool. He's going to leave someday. The deal was, that it was a tacit agreement from the word go. Steven Gerrard's coming to Rangers so he can eventually get back to Anfield. And in so doing, he'll give us what we need. And uh, as you said, as you said there was, he gave us exactly what he came to do. Um, and yeah, he's, he's moved on, but he's caught, he's caught me out because I'd kind of, if you love a football club, you, you get subjective. You know, you can as watch as much kind of junior football or continental football, whatever as you like, as, as I do. But when it's Rangers and you love Rangers, you get sucked in and you just, you, you can't help having that be thinking, why would anybody want to leave us? You know, why would, you know, it's it, it's there. And I thought, I, I just always envisioned if he was going to leave us mid-season, it will be for Liverpool only. But again, that's the kind of, how desperate I was getting this week, I ended up, was it Carol Popper, the, the poverty of historicism? I was looking at old philosophers and that, you know, this idea that you think you know from the past what's going to happen in the future, and you never do. You know, you just kind of work it out. And I was, I'm looking at the whole kind of, uh, Graham Souness, the European Cup winning Liverpool captain, the comparison has been made a million times the last three and a half years uh, with Gerrard. So you're kind of thinking it might go the same way, but Graham Souness left us with weeks to go in a, in a, in a, in a close title campaign. Um, he actually left us more in the, you know, in the shit than, than, than Gerard, Gerard has. Um, these jobs, Premier League jobs in England, don't come up like in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the summer. And there's no summer in football now anyway. You know, it's not postal applications only and stuff like that. This is this is the way you get these jobs. You take them when they come up. They're always mid-season. Um, and this is as close to a good time to leave as any. One of the things that's been coming to me this week is... is, is like David's kind of alluding to, if it was going to happen, if it happened, you know, in the summer, it would have put a cloud over 55 straight away. It gives us a time to, to enjoy that. If it happens in January, well, that's not giving a new manager his own transfer window. That's really messing us up. You know, if it happens at the beginning of an international break, is at this time of the season, is probably the best time. You know, when it's given us the fortnight to get something sorted out, it's still, it's absolutely murder. But rather it hadn't happened, maybe... But if it had to happen sometime, I suppose this this is the, the time for it to, for it to happen, and um, it's letting us also I immediately started in that kind of hypocritical way, re-examining, revisiting all the things I've been saying this season that were just a sign of a team who were recovering from the high of last season. And Gerard was just you know he's he's now a title winning manager, so he could take it easy. That's why we're kind of relaxed. That's why we're conceding the first goal, but still winning the games anyway. Still top of the league, going to hit form. Now you're thinking, no, it's because his heart wasn't in it anymore. And it was time to move on. So if that's what it's if that's if that's you know what he wanted to do, then he's as well to do it now. And I think we just want to get it all sorted, apart from anything else, so we can finally just say thank you, Stephen Gerrard. That was absolutely lovely. You know, we want, we want to know that we're going to be okay within ourselves. So we can we can package up a nice kind of blue bowl, the Stephen Gerrard era, and just be thankful to him for putting one of the main kind of supports under us at a time that we're still we're still rebuilding, really. You know, but um yeah. It's it's just been it's been really hard to deal with, um, kind of emotionally in that kind of knee jerk fan way. But um, I think as David's been saying uh, already, it, it'll be it'll make sense pretty soon. That seems to be a, a, a very sort of mature way of, of of looking at it, David. Whilst we haven't gone to the the, the 
extreme reaction that Celtic fans had when Brendan Rodgers left uh, left Celtic. There has still been, you know, a, a difficulty accepting this decision from from large parts of the Rangers fan base. Whether that's his decision to leave mid-season, whether that's his decision to take the coaching staff with him, um, his decision to go, you know, two weeks before a, a cup semi-final and, and and a game against Sparta, or even the, the the decision to go to a struggling club that's that's fighting relegation. Now, before we come on to look at what Rangers do next, could Gerard have handled this situation any better? Yeah, it's difficult to say, Ross. I think. It- I think the cold light of day, leaving aside your, your kind of affiliations, um, he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't, type of thing. Um, there's no good time to lose your manager, uh, whether it's in a closed season or whether it's mid-season. Um, I think that of all the public figures that had their say on it, I think Mr McCoy's maybe summed it up best. Um, I think for a lot of supporters, I think the timing of his departure left a sour taste, coupled with his recent interviews as the Rangers manager. Um, and by extension of that, his, his, um, his stature as a Ranger. And I think that's, what's, that's, that's basically at the crux of the vast majority of uh, supporters who feel personally slighted by his departure if that's the right way to put it. Um, I look at it slightly differently. Um, I try to look at it from his perspective. Um, if I'm Stephen Gerrard, I see a sizable rebuild job on the horizon. We've got a number of players coming to the end of their Rangers careers. We've got a number of players out of contract. Obviously, the club has had a, posted a £23.5 million loss there. Um, prior to the speculation arising about Aston Villa being interested in securing his services, and even allowing to the fact that you know there's a sizable chunk, an eighteen million pound chunk of that attributable to COVID, um, that's obviously going to have an impact on his uh, budget, his playing budget going forward, and may also um, increase his reliance on having to sell before he can buy. So I think what he's done is he's, he's looked into the future from a footballing perspective, purely footballing perspective. He's looked into the future and he's maybe went like that. You know what? It's maybe best to give it a dodge while I've still got my reputation intact because even for by leaving us in a position of relative strength, you know, we're top of the league before points, we're in a cup a league cup semi-final, we've effectively got a European uh, sort of a Europa League playoff uh, coming up shortly. That is a relative position of strength. Um, assuming that we get someone in and you know there's a seat of, in the best uh, intentions, a seamless transition so to speak um, so uh, do I blame him for going in the way that he did I, I, I take exception with his, with his time, I thought given his age um, he possibly could have seen it out to the end of the season and left um, left in the eyes of the support with his reputation completely intact I, I take what Alex said earlier there, he says you know, it, it might not have been a great time to leave either especially in and he could have left on a high after 55 and we'd all have been sitting here thinking what if you know, he'd went into the Champions League blah 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 but obviously he didn't and that's obviously had an impact and he's, he's thinking I imagine he's obviously got his family situation as well to, to think about so there's a multitude of factors but if you're putting me in the spot here and asking me what the, the body cut of the Rangers support think about him I think that it's, it's raw to a lot of people and it's understandably raw um, 
But I think given time, I think people will see the bid for the trees and think that, that you know, clubs who have the potential spending power that Aston Villa have got, that job might not necessarily come up because you, you look at the English Premier League, the availability of jobs that would fit Stephen Gerrard's idea of his platform, his stature, something that's commensurate with his standing in the game. There's not too many jobs would come up. I would say that possibly Leeds could maybe be the only other job out with Villa that would possibly satisfy his levels of ambition. I don't see him going to Newcastle. I think Newcastle's a bit too... It's a funny club, Newcastle, because they've always struggled to attract top-level talent. They, people may go, refute that and say, oh, but they, they attracted Shearer, they attracted David Genoa, Tino Espria. That's all well and good. That was 25 years ago. Um, I think, latterly, they've struggled to attract top players. Leeds is different, um, but Villa is different again. And I don't see him going to Arsenal, Chelsea. He's not going to go to either, either the Manchester clubs, and he's certainly not going to go to Everton. So, you know, he, he was a bit hamstrung if he wanted to continue working in Britain. So... Aye, I think we've just got to go on with it. The, the big thing now is that the that Ross Wilson and the board get the decision right and we can try and move forward with as little disruption as we can, whether that's adopting a similar uh, playing style via the coach's philosophy or not, remains to be seen. Yeah, an interesting, interesting way of looking at it. Alec, we'll come on now to think about the next move for Rangers and... Um, it's probably not unfair to say that our recent managerial appointments, with the exception of Stephen Gerrard, have not been altogether successful. So this is a, a naturally nervy period. Um, the the interviews, it seems, have clearly been ongoing this weekend for, for a replacement manager. We know that Giovanni van Bronckhorst was, was in London yesterday. We know that uh, Stuart Robertson and Ross Wilson flew down to London from Glasgow. Um, so it's pretty clear that Gio was was being interviewed. Um, the the kind of word that's, that's seeping out from the club is that there were other interviews, one more or multiple more interviews to come over the course of the weekend. Um, but the names aren't being confirmed by, by anyone at this point. Um, Let's start with with Van Bronckhorst. He's he's the clear favourite in in terms of the the betting odds. He's the person that the club have kind of implicitly confirmed has been interviewed. Um, it's been confirmed from his side as well, uh, agents or what have you, that he has been interviewed over the course of the weekend. So definitely a front runner and and seems to be pretty popular um, with within the fan base. What would you make of that appointment for Rangers manager? Yeah, I think um, cards on the table. You know, we've got a WhatsApp group here uh, with the, the boys on Jersnet. Um, it maybe not be the same as when Jordan Campbell was reporting in the Athletic with the, amongst the, the Rangers first team because obviously we're, we're much cleverer when it comes to analysing our, our performances. But um, he, we were talking, I think Ian Duff, um, stalwart of this show, it's kind of hot on the fact that and I was agreeing with him that there's, the, I think, a lot of the, the clamour for Van Bronckhurst that was, that was kind of instantaneous this kind of, uh, I think it'd be a good appointment, I think it'd be a safe appointment, um, it's not a bad appointment, and he might turn out to be brilliant. Um, but I think a lot of it was to do with not wanting to deal with the heart of losing Gerard. And while we're on the subject, how good is it? We've got to acknowledge the fact that it's actually good to be upset at losing a manager. This must be the first time in 10 years, a decade, that we've actually all been upset at losing a manager. We're, we're usually, we've had, it seems like yesterday, Kenny McDowell was more or less held at gunpoint to be manager. In every interview, he was practically saying, 
get me out of here. I don't want to do this. You know, we're holding them hostage. So now we've actually got a guy like, oh, you know, we're gutted to leave them. And we've got the guy that we're bringing in, the problem isn't revolutionising things. It's keeping it's keeping it going. We've got a successful dressing room. We've got a successful team. And that's, you know, we've got to acknowledge things like that. We've come such a long way. Um, but I think a lot of the clamour was because we don't, we, we just want to, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing, it's a knee-jerk response to the slagging we're getting on social media from Celtic fans, various Rangers haters in the press and whatever, um, who were telling us Gerard was a mistake when he arrived, and but somehow seemed to be delighted that he's left. You know, it doesn't really, doesn't really scan. There's a lot of that been going on. Um, and I think there's a kind of reaction to that. And it's a bit, it reminded me in a strange way of the, you know, nowhere near as bad, obviously, but it was a kind of scaled down version of the, back in the days when we were, you know, Craig White was hailed as a hero when he arrived and then Charles Green was hailed as a hero. It was just, you know, it's okay to be uptight. It's okay to be worried. You know, we can just treat these things soberly. We don't have to get right behind everything, you know, from the word go. Just, um, but to me, yeah, I, I, I think Geo, we're, we're in the same situation again, really. Um, one of the Sky interviews with him from years ago that was replayed last week was him saying that he wants to manage all the clubs he played for. He started at Feyenoord, came to Rangers as a player, then he went to Arsenal, then he went to Barcelona. So he's managed Feyenoord, now he wants to come to Rangers, so he's using us to get to Arsenal you know, and on to Barca. And again, we're in that situation where well, that's absolutely fine by us as long as as long as he does the job. The thing for me, Ross, the thing that I can't help, maybe it's just, this is just my particular hang-up, there's been a lot of hang-ups this week, um, a lot of kind of you know, strange reactions going on in the brain is around this because it's such a kind of emotional roller coaster. But I just fixated on the squad that we have now. I've been listening to Michael Beale for three and a half years, who is by all accounts a tactical genius. You know, uh, Tom Culshaw is no slouch either. You know, we've got a, a fantastic backroom team that has just disappeared. And I think whoever comes in, it's not a case of the old the old way that guys guys my age would, would think of a manager didn't go in there and just show the show the dressing room who's boss. They're actually going to show the dressing room who's the brainiest. They're actually they're going to have these players will only respect somebody who knows what they're doing tactically. You know, a, a new manager could get laughed out the dressing room if he doesn't actually know what he's doing in a tactical sense. Um, you know, we do again the comparison with, with Celtic bringing in Neil Lennon. You know, after after Rogers, it took a it took a season, but eventually he was laughed out his own dressing room you know, to all intents and purposes. So Van Bronckhurst, in in many senses, better than better than uh, Gerard because he's actually arrived with having won a, a a Dutch league, you know, a much better league. Gerard just came from uh, you know youth football really as a coach, and in as in terms of his reputation as a player, um, won a won a Champions League final. Same as Steven Gerrard didn't, you know, run that Champions League final the way Gerrard did, you know, uh, not as famous for it. But he's also his last competitive game was as captain of his country in a World Cup final. And when he came off the park, by the way, um, it was nil nil. It was only when a Celtic player came on to replace him that, that Spain won that and beat the Netherlands in that final. Uh, but I, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, he'll get the respect for his playing career. He'll get the respect from the dressing room in that sense. But whoever we bring in, I just. I am fixated on them being technically at the top of their game because my first reaction last week in the, the denial phase of grief, perhaps, or the you know negotiating with reality, I wanted Michael Beale to stay. I think a lot of us did. You know, there was an idea that Michael Beale, having been offered a job at Cardiff, might stay on and become a manager, and I think that would actually have felt like again that's a historicism thing. You're thinking of Walter Smith taking over from Sunnis. It would have felt like a smooth transition. 
Um, and the guy who a lot of ex-players, a lot of, like so Halliday and Lafferty have been in the media since they left Rangers under Gerrard saying that with all due respect, Michael Beale was the man who was, you know, who was coaching them. Uh, Gerrard was just the kind of, obviously the enforcer and the inspiration, you know, uh, more than that, he'd be, t- he'd be technically adept as well, but it was really was, it was Beale. So I think we just need somebody who, so obvious to say, but really knows what they're doing. You know, need somebody who can who can win over a, a, a first team, a, a group of players who may be disenfranchised. We'll find out. We'll no doubt come out in dribs and drabs what's happened between if if there's been any kind of distance come this season between them and Gerard, them and the coaching team. They may be or they may be completely gutted because there's a bit of a cult of personality with Stephen Gerrard, which we all bought into as well. They may be thinking to themselves, we will never trust again, so to speak. You know. Um, but I just, I just, I think a big part of it is, and Ross Wilson will have this down as well. These guys, whoever comes in, needs to win the respect of uh, that dressing room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some interesting points that I just want to pick up there, Alec. The he's he's had success, Geo, as a manager in in a more competitive league, and, and the the circumstances with the team Feyenoord in terms of where they had been having not won a title for 18 years, the, the uh, discrepancy in wage bill and budgets compared to the giants of, of IX and PSV, the downturn that that club have subsequently had since, since Gio moved away um, are all interesting points. David, how about yourself staying with, with Van Bronckhorst? Uh, as we say, someone who has played at the, the literally the very highest level, getting his, his country to a World Cup final, over 100 caps for a, a spectacular footballing country. Um, won leagues, won uh, found success in Europe, and, and and played for some magnificent clubs. How how does that sound to you? Yeah, on the surface, it sounds sounds okay. I'm 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 fairly relaxed with trusting the the board to get it right. Um, Geez, obviously get uh, advantage over I would imagine most candidates insofar as he's already played for the club. He knows what it takes. To be a success at Rangers, even though his his recent experience of the league is is obviously well out of date. Um, I would to go back to what Alec was was saying there with regards to you know someone to hit the hit the ground running in terms of dressing room respect. I look at the playing style, Ross. Um, laterally, certainly this season, uh, I, I felt that that the Rangers were playing more and more like a Dutch thing. Um, I. Th- you know that that may well be by accident, as opposed to be by design. Um, so, I hope, and I hope I'm not only saying this, um, that the transition will be fairly smooth. Assuming that it is Gio that, that comes in. Now, I don't know who the backroom staff is. I know there's there's, there's talk that you know that a stipulation of him being offered the job will be that uh, a Scottish. Person with direct Scottish recent Scottish experience as part of the coaching team. I don't know whether that's part of succession planning or, or just as a help to him to bridge the gap between him leaving uh, Rangers in 2001 and, and obviously 20 years later taking up the, the managerial reins. So, um, look, by all accounts, I, look, I'll be honest. I don't know a heck of a lot about his time at, at Feyenoord, uh, other than the fact that they spanked um, Ajax six two. He's won, obviously won the league. He's won two cups with them, but that was five years ago, Ross. You know that's football moves on, uh, and five five years. I mean, three years is a long time in football with, with Stevie's duration. Five years is even longer. It's almost double the time that Steve. Well, that's not really, but it's, you know where I'm coming from. It's, it's 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 a significant period of time over and above what Gerard 
the, the time that Gerard's been there. So, um, I think that broadly speaking, the, the, the philosophy will be roughly the same. He'll command respect just by dint of who he is when he walks into the dressing room. Now, some some guys that are maybe the younger ones will, will maybe think, oh, I, I, I know his name, but you know, I don't don't exactly recall him playing with Arsenal. But saying that, maybe some of the guys are that, certainly the, the Linden. Uh, guys may go or I can remember him playing with Arsenal um, but his record speaks for itself albeit managerially his last job in China he didn't exactly set the header away over there but there's a multitude of reasons to why that may have been the case you know it's anyone moving to China it's a massive cultural change you know for all accounts you know if you're, if you're a picky eater it can be a terrible place to be in, you know, that you, you can't eat and stuff like that. So there could be a, a multitude of mitigating factors that would explain away that kind of fall off, if you like, in, in terms of how uh, proficient he was and how um, how well he was going in there. But, you know, he, he obviously he, he went to the Chinese Super League, presumably for monetary reasons, and you kind of blame him. He's coming to, presumably, the, the Scottish Premier League to rekindle his career. Uh, he's got a reputation to partially rebuild. So you would assume that he's hungry. Um, who he brings in and whether he can get uh, his message across to the players in the short to medium term to such an extent where we don't... Um, we, essentially, we don't fall behind Celtic. Um, that's, the, that's the big thing. We obviously, the Champions League carrot is there. It's not 100% certain that it's going to um, mean automatic qualification of the groups for the league winners. But it's looking likely that's going to be the thing. So I would say that, you know, if he comes in and there's not too much of a discrepancy in terms of the overall philosophy and he gets players buying into it and probably more more um, more aptly that any speculation with regards to Stephen Gerrard coming to try and take players away in the January transfer window and unsettling guys, um, that might be, you know, that might be a stumbling block that that Gio needs to, or whoever the whoever the, the, the lucky guy is, might need to overcome. So, but that's all part and parcel of management. They'll be used to that. So that that's the big thing. If we can get to Christmas New Year and still maintaining our, um, our advantage over our chums, and hopefully in a, a League Cup semi, yeah, sorry, in a League Cup final, I should say, and uh, in Europe after Christmas in the Europa League rather than the Conference. Then yeah, you know this. I think it's well within Geo's compass. Put it that way. Ross, can I come in there? Sure. Um, just, just to, to, first of all, thank David because he's chilling me out. He's making me feel a lot better. I'm, I'm, I didn't realise how upset I was about this week until David started putting me right there. He's absolutely spot on about the uh, Van Bronckhurst uh, being Dutch. Just the simple fact of being Dutch. <laughs> um, is is there a more technically adept nation? You know, in in football. And what's happened at Barcelona, which has then led to what's happened at you know Manchester City. I know a lot of that's money based, but that all comes from a Dutch model. You know, it comes from uh, Van Hal's time uh, at, at Barcelona. Uh, it goes back to Arrigo Saki, take it from the Dutch as well, from the, the total football thing against Michel. So, I and he's, uh, David's right as well. The, the way we've been playing this season, it's getting a bit slower, but it actually it's quite an expansive system. And, and, I, and it, the thing for me is if, if Van Bronckhorst can come in there, or if he's the man that, that, that's, got, that's going to take over, the players would enjoy playing that system, and that would be part of the respect. And I think that I think having a lot of them were probably on board with the, a lot. A lot of the kind of loyalty this season was posited on you know 
that we might get through the Champions League qualifiers at the beginning of the season. And we need to, in light of what's happened, we need to revisit what happened there against Malmo. Um, is that part of Steven Gerrard wanting away? But um, to persuade them to stay through January, when I was talking to a Villa fan, you know, instant trader, I was talking to a Villa fan um, in a pod the other day, and he was saying, not just Jack Brealish, their whole left-hand side, that they want to, they need to improve the left-hand side. And I, I told him about Ryan Kent, and I thought, I'm going to shut up now, because you know, Glenn Kamara kind of goes out to, goes out left. He was, he was like an outball for Finland or through the Euros on the left of midfield. Um, and that's before you go to Barisic or Bassi, you know, or both. Um, so if the guy, if if they can, if the players will enjoy the philosophy of the new manager, then that's more likely to make them want to stay as well. You know, and I think it's, you know, as David's saying, get that League Cup one. We get that one, that just changes everything instantly. Just makes lets the club know. Well, that's your first cup. That's the first. If we can win this League Cup, it's the first time the Rangers players will have celebrated after lifting silverware with the Rangers crowd since Walter Smith at Rugby Park in 2011. Absolutely incredible moment. Um, so it'd be more than just a League Cup. Um, so that would that would just completely revolutionise the, the mood just now. And, and hopefully, I think we just need nudged over the top of the hill now. Gerard has got us up there and it's just, we don't want to go back. We'll just want that wee nudge over. That's all it needs, a bit of kind of smoothness, a bit of kind of just, just let things carry on, maybe pick up a wee bit and just, we can just head on down that hill easy and have a big pile of trophies at the bottom of it, hopefully. <laughs> Well, that, that brings us really nicely to kind of look at where we are today uh, as a club and as a vacancy for, for any potential managers, Alec. And, you know, we're sitting here with a four-point head start in the league. We're sitting there with a, a, a guaranteed cup semi-final um, with a, a squad that is more than capable of not only winning the semi, but, but, but winning the, the, the whole tournament. Um, and you're also sitting there one, uh, OK, there's, there's two games left in Europe, but really but we've got a playoff against Sparta Prague in a couple of weeks. And if we win that by two, you're through to the last 32 of Europe for the third year in a row. Um, given all of those different factors, this is surely a different opportunity to the, the one that was on offer in 2018 when, when Gerard first walked in the door. And I remember that at that time, we were struggling to really attract big names. You know, this was this was off the back of, of Pedro. Um, we then had Marty for a long, long time as interim manager. We had the Derek McInnes fiasco um, when it seemed that really we couldn't find anyone else um, Marty then comes back until the end of the season. We have the you know Jimmy Nickel and, and, and all the rest of it um, before we finally got Gerard. But but fast forwarding to where we are today, given that we are we are champions, we have the best squad, um, and we're we're so well placed coming into the, the the next part of the season. Just how attractive is this job for for potential managerial candidates? Massively, and I think um, we owe that to Stephen Gerrard, if nothing else. It was a complete symbiosis, you know, of need for Gerard and myself when he first when he first arrived at Rangers. That's why we went absolutely nuts. That's why there was like you know six seven thousand people in the enclosure um, when he get presented to the press because we knew instantly, despite all the naysayers um, in the media and what have you, we knew this was a perfect. It was a match made in heaven. It's a perfect meeting of two different desires. Gerard wanted to get himself back to Anfield, or maybe just wanted to get a league. I think I think there's a kind of poetry, you know, in the fact that. He won everything at Anfield as a player spectacularly, except a league title. And at Rangers, the only thing he has won is a league title, and he won it spectacularly. It's it's almost it seems like I'm trying to cover up with this. There's been a lot of jibes about one out of nine um, this this week, but when Stephen Gerrard was brought in, we'd reset. It was that was that was our, our, our you know top flight back in the top flight campaign starting again. That was stage two. 
You know, he's he's basically had to he's had to do a lot of dirty jobs. You know, that were, were went uncredited, taking um, a, a four goal swing in old firm games. You know, from the last old firm game we played before Stephen Gerrard arrived, we lost five now. I'll never know why Celtic stopped at five. It could have been ten that day. Um, and he comes back. We've been to Bashkortostan, you know, the Euros midweek, you know, playing with nine men and we lose one nil at Parkhead and we're still getting slagged. But it's like, that's a four goal swing. And by January, we'd beaten them. And we look at the record now, we're, Celtic, we're beating Celtic almost without even trying. We're beating Celtic without a shot on their goal. You know, we're beating Celtic without Gerard even in the stadium. You know, it's just become contemptuously easy. It's been the easiest part of the last, you know, last, last year or so. Um, when we arrived, the first European draw, the first game he played in Europe was against Scoopy of Macedonia. And I remember, I wasn't thinking, how are we going to get on? I was thinking, Macedonia, right, that's not too much of a slagging. You know, that's former Yugoslavia. People will know they've got good teams. That's what I was looking at. The first three, two or three rounds, because of the trauma inflicted on us by losing to Progress Niederkorn under Kashinia in our first game back, probably maybe the, the worst European result or the worst result at Rangers of my life. But what Gerard did was... Without winning a single game, he just he gave us instant profile again. He let the world know again what Rangers were all about. You know, everybody knows Stephen Gerrard. Why is he going there? Because this club are massive. You know, so he instantly made it more attractive, and to then win the league the way he did, um, and to and I've always maintained that our European runs are the cups. Those are the kind of fringe benefits. Those are the additions. The rest of Europe, the rest of the world doesn't give a hoot who wins the Scottish title. They only notice what they do in the kind of level playing field of European football. You know, what the old firm do there. And for Steven Gerrard to take us from going out to progress near the call in the first playoff round to unbeaten in our group stage, topping the group last season, you know, going to Benfica and being gutted that we've only drawn three each at Benfica, you know, hitting the post to go from up. When it's felt like the day before we were losing, we're two nothing up at Alawa and the Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Petrified, Tunnocks, Tea Cake, Copper, whatever it was, and we're losing three goals in the last 20 minutes to get a cup we didn't even want to be in. Um, the transformation has been absolutely massive. And I think he has made this job really attractive. And that's you see Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. There's a guy on Sky Sports News who was a so-called Dutch football expert. He's talking from Utrecht Stadium last week, and he was practically he must be an agent, he must be getting a backhander from Gio because it was basically, come and get me. He's just saying, Van Bronckhurst wants this job, he loves Rangers, and Gio's that. There's a lot of people out there really want this job. Um, and I think we owe that to, we, we definitely owe that to Gerard. And it's now just up to, he's done his bit. And we just need to see that the, he's held he's held the whole stadium up, he's held the whole club up, and we hope that, that Ross Wilson, as David's saying, and uh, the rest of the team, it's now time for them to use the time that Gerard bought them and show that they're, they're, they're ready to go. Um, but I think Gerard's just just being at the club at all has been absolutely massive um, in terms of raising their profile again. And they'll say people are coming to us wanting this job um, rather than us having to go looking too hard. Yeah, it's it's clear that people are um, very very interested in in the role, and, and and for all the reasons that you described there, that's that's absolutely natural. Um, Stephen Gerrard has also shown that this is. Um, an excellent opportunity for anyone who's you know, looking to kick on in, in football management. But we're in a place now where we're not needing to take a punt on an untested manager, another experiment. Um, you know, with the names that are being linked, whether that's Giovanni van Bronckhorst or, or, or others, um, these are established football managers who have track records of success. Um, but David, let's let's try and put Gio to one side for a moment. Um, nothing has been confirmed. We know that he was interviewed. 
we know that the club was was performing other interviews this weekend. Um, now the club seems to have kind of tacitly denied interest in in the likes of Frank Lampard and uh, I think it's uh, Kjell Knutsen over at, at Bodo Glimt in in Norway. Um, but maybe could you talk us through some of the the other names that you're seeing linked and and some potential candidates who might be attractive to us as a, as a fan base. Oh, putting me in the spot here, Ross. Uh, right, um, names that sprang to mind, obviously, Derek McInnes has been mentioned. Um, I don't think uh, Derek will be there. I could be wrong. I can't see it. Uh, I, I, I certainly don't see him being offered the, the manager's job. I think uh, I think Derek would, would possibly be the one of the last fallback positions. Um, you've mentioned Frank. You've mentioned uh, the fellow Knutson in, in, in Norway. Um, Frank Lampard seems to have uh, have garnered a, a reputation as being tactically inept in, in many uh, corners of football for whatever reason. Um, I don't necessarily buy into that wholesale. Uh, I think Ronald Koeman has been mentioned as well. Um, I don't know if that's just um, hearsay. Um, I'm not a betting man, Ross, so I'm, I'm not scouring, you know, odds, you know, every 60 seconds on my phone. So, um, other candidates, uh, well, other than, than people like Russell Martin that have been mentioned, uh, there's there's very few names that actually spring it. I think that's one of the one of the refreshing things about this is that. Um, it's not a, case, a scattergun um, recruitment process, which has had to be the case in the past. You know, because you guys have, have rightly alluded to that. You know, there's it's been you know incumbent on us to try and sell ourselves, whereas you know it, or, it, the, the task is getting someone in the building, whether it be a hotel in London or you know wherever they choose to meet. Now, the, the playing squad, the the standards of excellence at the training ground and the stadium, those have come back. The standards that the Rangers were always famous for um, during their history have, have, have returned. So the club, in many respects, as a, as a, as a footballing entity, as opposed to a team play or a club playing in a league, sells itself. You know, a massive support. Um, they've got a, you know, a sizable budget. You know, it's not... It's, it's not uh, commensurate with, with a lot of Premier, English Premier League teams but the, the status of the club surely offsets that um, we do, as Alex spoke about at length, we have a, an attractive squad um, that any manager and, a, and, a, and an experienced and, and, and proven manager would presumably want to work with um, so yeah, uh, as far as other candidates, I'm really, you know, I'm, I think it's it's going to be, you know, quite a, a small short lead. I don't, I don't see the, the net being cast wide. Uh, I don't see any crazy names like Reno Gattuso really making the cut. Um, uh, he, he'd be, he'd be box office Reno, um, judging by some of his, uh, his 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 press conferences when he's certainly when he's speaking in English. Um, so I, I think, I think that um, the short lead will be possibly three three men. And I think it's it's a question of which personalities fit with the executive team. The synergy and the kind of just the general feeling that that possible relationship could garner. And the obvious thing 
backroom staff. I would very much doubt that the club um, would be willing to uh, engage with such a large backroom staff as Stephen Gerrard brought to the club. They're a necessity in many respects, but they'd be keen to avoid that wholesale backroom staff moving on again. I think they, they, they know that the building blocks for continuity and establishing a Rangers identity as a club, a playing style, a philosophy, what have you, those building blocks have been laid down. Stephen Gerrard is, is with the, 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 the absolute help of the board, I may add, backing of the board, because the board, after a couple of wobbles, could have created to Stevie, look, Stevie, you know, we appreciate what you've done, but it's not really working out the way we thought it would. And they could have, they could have dispensed with these services. But they stopped with them, and the back to guy uh, up to a point, up to what, what the kind of fiscal uh, reality of the club um, would determine, um, certainly from an outsider looking in. Uh, so all those things uh, work in our favour. And I think that they want to maintain that continuity and they want to add to it. Uh, so getting the, getting the backroom team right, whether that necessitates Scottish um, representation from the point of view of succession planning, fine. I'm sure that Ross Wilson and whoever the, the lucky man may be will get the right mix. Put it this way, if it doesn't come off, I'm sure we'll find out in the short term. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find it pretty quickly. And... This is not the greatest season, given you know what's at stake in terms of the Champions League group, money's available. But you know, sometimes when the tough gets going, the going gets tough. Uh, sorry, <laughs> when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I should say, uh, and I think we'll step up to the plate. I, I've, I, I think we've been over some hurdles in the past, and I think that the previous two years before Stevie came in, and possibly the first eighteen months to two years, I think enough experience of the footballing business has been garnered by certain board members and they've obviously got an experienced uh, sporting director and whereby we can we can take this relatively speaking in our stride if that makes sense it certainly does I like looking at the uh, the betting odds here we've got a list of say 10, 10 names and I think we've, we've probably touched on on most of them obviously Gio Van Bronckhorst is, is far and away the, 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 the favourite with the bookies at the moment but, but names like Frank Lampard like Gattuso like Knutson um the club, like I say, have kind of fed out some messages. It seems that that so and so won't be interviewed, or that you know it, it, it's not going to be good. So was being reported by Sky earlier, or that it, that it wouldn't be nuts. And um, I think it's it's patently obvious that it will not be Derek McInnes. I don't think any of us expect that that would actually happen as as the number one manager. The, the list of names that we have there, there's, there's names like Shota Arvaladze, for example. Um, sounds like he's probably off to off to Hull to fill the vacancy there. Um, leads us to believe that actually if, if there's more interviews taking place this weekend it could be what's being termed a, a left field appointment, i.e. a name that maybe we're not quite thinking of or that we may not have heard of yet. Um, now after what happened with Kashinia, which was inarguably a left field appointment, does the Rangers fan base have the, uh, the bravery or the patience to accept a left field appointment or does this one have to be a name that we know, that we recognise, that we understand. Yeah, I think it does. Um, I, I, I think we do need. I mean, I think we, we do need to recognise the, the, the player and the personality coming in. Um, yeah, a left field appointment could could work. Could get. And I think, but I, I think Knutson's about as left field as I want to get. 
if you like, from those names you've been mentioning, I think I would actually looking for somebody who's a combination of Frank. I would want Frank Lampard and Knutson, who we could probably afford neither of them. Um, we could. I would want both of them because Knutson is that. It's a really. Um, it's a kind of almost a Jim McLean type scenario there. He's up in the north in Norway. It's Bodo Glimt. He's kind of been he's been there for a few years. He's you know like fifty three, I think fifty three years old. Um, he's won that team their only ever Norwegian league title, you know. And he's then I mean he's thumping Roma six one, and in, in in the Conference League going. And I'm actually more impressed with the fact that they went to Rome and and got a drop. They were like seven minutes away from winning. Uh, over there as well, um, I, I really, I really kind of just the ball was just over the line for the, the Roma equaliser, which they were really glad of. And um, they're unbeaten. They're top in the Conference League group. Siska and Zoya Lahansk, but it seems like a kind of specialised. I've got this whole club to myself. It's a very small club. I think the ground holds maybe like five to seven thousand or something like that. That it doesn't mean to say the guy can't do it at Rangers, but it, it, you think it's a different scenario altogether. You know, but he might. He's obviously got tactical know-how, and they play bloody lovely football, by the way, from what I've seen of them. That some of the goals are smashing. But you, that's the one I would feel you would then need a Lampard or somebody to come in there, you know, and be the personality, be the force that's telling the Rangers players, no, you've got to listen to this guy, even though he doesn't. And you know, I mean, I mean, that's it's you know, Lampard has no working relationship with this fella whatsoever. It's that's a, that's a total fantasy. But I think for me, that's the only way it would work. Um, no, I, and I think. Derek McInnes, I think it'd be, I think a lot of Rangers fans would, would be insulted, you know, if if McInnes uh, got the job. And uh, but it does keep getting mentioned as David says. Um, I think that's just through a sheer lack of imagination, the part of the media, uh, as much as anything else. It would be, I think it's moved beyond him at this point. I was worried about that because he seems to be, he's not been taking any other jobs. He's just been doing media. I was a bit worried that Derek was just waiting. For, for Gerard to leave because he'd had an odd or something, he had an inkling that he might he might get in there. But I think we need someone. It's not so much just to steady the ship as to just keep it moving forward as well, though. And I think to get the fans on board straight away as well, you need a bit of a name. I think you know. And uh, Van Bronckhorst does fit the bill. I see again. I, it's difficult because I'm not coming up with an answer. I can't think of who because I, I know money's not you know money's not uh, uh, you know that's an obstacle to who we're going to who we're going to get, but. Um, Van Bronckhorst seems like a sensible decision. You know, it's not. I'm not as enthused as maybe other people are by it. You know, I think there's. I think there's a kind of caution with it. it comes with it as well uh, as an appointment. But it seems like you know he ticks basically as many boxes you can think of. You know, um, so he, he's the man. And I think as, as David's been saying, Ross Wilson will have worked on this. They will have. You know. He's got to have this down to a fine art. You've got to have a list that's ready to go at all times, which he keeps altering his players as his various managerial candidates are getting jobs. Well, Stephen Gerrard's still in our job, but I think he's he's this is this is his speciality. You know, this is this is where he comes. He's got to step up and play now. And I think um, we're looking. I think we're actually looking for an appointment by close of play tomorrow. I think that's really what we're looking. And we're going to be disappointed if we don't if we don't get one. Um, and for me. Uh, Van Bronckhorst seems to be the the, the, the kind of the kind of best option right now, and I would be, I'd be, I, 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 we're not in the mood for another Cassini. We just we can't be doing that. I don't think. I just I just don't think we can chance it, um, because the one thing that Gerard's appointment and the the success of it made clear was that you need a guy who is almost more demanding than the Rangers support, 
no, we infamously had Mark Warburton trying to tell us that you just get liquidated a few years ago. You shouldn't be trying. You shouldn't be wanting to beat Hearts at Tynecastle and stuff like that. You shouldn't be thinking. No, but Rangers will only work through the league. When Stephen Gerrard came in, the first thing he did was he, was he stopped his finishing third, which no Rangers manager will ever get praise for. And in the following season, he put a gap between sec- us in second and the Aberdeens and the Hibs. You know, which again, that was needing to be done when you're rebuilding as we still are from 2012. These things need to be done and need to be done at a pace that allows it to, we learn from it and, it, and it, it, it's building for the future as much as anything else. And that's what he was doing. And I think it was his force of personality that helped him do that. Um, his ambition helped him do that. I'm talking about the past tense now as if he's dead because when you leave Rangers, you kind of are. But I think we need somebody who's got, who's, who's got that force of nature, that force of personality, who's kind of, remember the old cliche Alec Ferguson, Alec Ferguson talking about when Eric Cantona arrived at Old Trafford and it was like, I wasn't asking Cantona if he was good enough to play for Manchester United. Cantona was looking about Old Trafford saying, is this club good enough for me? And I think you need a bit of that um, for anybody who's going to take take the Rangers job. And from what I've seen, really only Van Bronckhurst is the only kind of candidate I think uh, fits the bill. Well, he's certainly the candidate that's, that's generated the most buzz um, and, and it seems the most likely, certainly at this point. Um, David, Alec mentioned there that things seem to be moving and that we might be disappointed if we don't have an announcement by close of play tomorrow. Now, what makes me nervous here is that um, this board at Rangers has uh, history for, for getting managerial appointments wrong and for taking their time and getting it wrong. Um, we remember how long it took to, to replace Kaishinia. Um, and, and our season was catastrophic for, for that reason. Um, so how much time do they have to play with here? We have a, a crucial couple of weeks for the, you know, the remainder of our season in terms of cup semi-finals in Europe. At what point would you be disappointed if we haven't had an announcement, if we haven't had something coming out of the club? Have, have, they, have they got until sort of midweek, let's say, because they certainly need to have someone in the dugout for, for Sunday at Hamden. Um, I would... I echo Alex's sentiments. I, I would, I would be surprised if someone wasn't unveiled tomorrow. Um, I think if we're looking to get someone in with a view to, um, you know, giving ourselves the best chance, I know slotting up against Hibs. If maybe a couple of players' eyes are off the ball, and I don't know what the story is with regards to injuries and suspensions, because obviously we've got to wait for players coming back from international duty. Um, I would think that the cut-off time would be close play uh, Tuesday. Um, I think that would give uh, the manager of a new incumbent uh, three days, four days to work with, probably, possibly probably three days in all, in all likelihood, to work with the team and, and get some basic stuff across as to how he wants to play. Um, going forward, and I'll upset a lot of people here um, by saying this, I would rather they get the, I would rather they got the, the appointment correct. If for whatever reason they have second thoughts about appointing Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Frank Lampard, Frank De Boer, Ronald Koeman, Shaw Arvaladze, Reno Gattuso, whoever it might be, whether it's if it's someone from you know the A League or the J League, you know, one of uh, Angie's former um, jousting partners in Japan. If it's something like that, then I would rather they took their time and got it right. It's this this season is we're at a crucial juncture. Uh, if if things were to go seriously awry, and you know for some 
crazy reason that Ange Ball didn't end up in the slates at the end of the season and they actually managed to, to win the league, we'd effectively be back to square one. And that's something that's, you know, that's a, there's a pressure that comes with that. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, given that he's been here before, will be fully aware of the absolute imperative need to beat Celtic. So that's obviously has him the forerunner, as a forerunner for obvious reasons. And you can see, well, I'll use the, I'll use bad language again here, probably. Derek McInnes would be in a similar boat. He knows all too well how important it is to beat Celtic. Frank De Boer would know how important it is to beat Celtic, were it to be something like that. If it was someone like, uh, I'll just use Ronald Koeman as an example here, that someone that's, that's maybe not a direct experience of Scotland, um, maybe hasn't played for a side that's played Rangers in Europe during their playing career, you know, maybe you know, with the best will in the world, could um, be fully cognizant of the size of the club, but they don't really know what's, what's required. That's how, I mean, I've, I've been saying to people all last week that only a, only a Scot would truly covet the Rangers' job. A foreigner, and I include English, Englishmen in this, whilst they, 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 you know, they would have the savvy to recognise the size of the operation, but they truly don't know what it, get, what it means to us three, you know, in, the, in the hundreds, hopefully thousands of guys that are tuning into this. So, um, if you get it right, to get back to, to the point, I'm comfortable with them taking possibly another week. I think there's enough in the tank. I think if Jermaine Defoe or whoever, if it's David McCallum or whoever takes the team, but if it could be Stephen Davis and Alan McGregor and Scotty Arfield just sitting everybody down going, oh, look, we need to get through this semis, lad. And they, they surely have enough experience in the bank, in the tank to say, right, we know what to do. We've, we've listened to Mick telling us, you know, what to do for three years. We know how to play. We just, we, we just drive and hunger to get to, to the final should possibly see us through. Fingers crossed. I mean, I'm, I'm not taking Habs lightly because I'm still up for it. But if that mean... Sorry? No, 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 carry on. If, if that means that we, we, we spend another week if, you know, getting a backroom team assembled, then fine. But it can't go two weeks, three weeks and, you know, you know the, the, the number of days that, it, that had elapsed before they, they, they managed to Number one, appoint Pedro Cassinia. Mm-hmm. And number two, the length of time that it took between Pedro's uh, dismissal and, and appointing Stevie. So that kind of going. But but the clubs, as Alec quite, um, quite neatly put earlier on, the clubs, are, are, they're two different Rangers um, between that time and this time. So we we have everything going for us, whereas, you know, we, we were, back then we were trying to be persuasive and it took, you know, um, an executive decision, shall we say, to push things forward with the chair's appointment. I don't think we, we I don't think we're encumbered by that need this time. So that gives us a bit of, bit of room in terms of getting the appointment right. But as you guys know all too well, the longer it drags on, the more questions get asked to the board about whether they're procrastinating, whether they've got the, the necessary budget to, to entice the right guy. All that stuff comes more to the fore. So it's it's just a case of you know. Hopefully, getting the right fit, the right person being available. Hopefully, no compensation involved, and uh, we get some done the door this week. Well, it certainly looks that that will be the case. Like I say, Rangers board have, have wasted no time in, in sort of trying to move to secure their, their targets. Uh, Jared, I think, was was formally announced as Villa manager uh, around about eleven o'clock on on Thursday morning, and within forty eight hours, we have 
the uh, two directors from Rangers flying down to, to London, where Giovanni van Bronckhorst flying into London from, from Amsterdam for an interview. So they're certainly moving at pace. Um, and the appetite certainly seems to be there. You'd think that if there's no appointment made or no announcement made by, say, Tuesday or Wednesday, then something... You're right, David. The, the question is, to be asked is, has something gone wrong? And I think that that's what the, the club can't afford right now, is, is for uncertainty to creep into this and questions to be asked. The players have a monumental couple of weeks coming up. Um, Gerard leaves a legacy of success. Naturally, he's the guy who brought 55. He's the guy who restored us in Europe. But he also has the, the other side of his legacy, which is the failure to win cups. That's something that Rangers can almost immediately put right without Gerard. And, and this coming week is, is massive for that. So this is not a week where we can have doubts and, and questions of the off-field stuff starting to creep in. We need to um, be absolutely ready for Hibs because you know, Hibs, Hibs will try and take advantage of this next week. And um, there'll be a lot of talk about the cup final of 2016 and, and trying to unsettle the squad. So... It's a uh, it's it's a really important couple of weeks, and I, I know that the board will will know that, and will will be keen to move so so quickly to get this wrapped up, whether it's Geo or whether it's someone else. Um, all signs pointing to Geo at this point. Um, we'd be really really keen to hear what everyone thinks of that. So please do leave us your your thoughts on on whether it should be Geo, whether it should be Lampard, Gattuso, Alex Neil. Even if you're somehow on the Derek McInnes boat, um, then that's that's your prerogative. But um, we'll be really, really keen to hear why that would be the case. That takes us to the, the top of the hour. So I think what we'll do is we will we will leave it there and try and get a good night's sleep for what could be a very, very interesting couple of days. Thank you so much, uh, of course, to Alex and to David for, for joining us this evening. And a massive thank you to everyone who's joined us on YouTube tonight. Uh, some, some fantastic numbers of people watching. So um, a really big thank you for giving up your, your Sunday evening to join us this evening. As I say, the show is always available for download on a Monday morning. Please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from, and we will uh, look forward to hearing from you in the, the very near future. The show will, of course, be back next Sunday when I am confident that we'll be talking about our, uh, our first result under the new management team. Um, and so we'll, we'll really, really look forward to that one. Please do join us for that. That's uh, next Sunday, the 21st of November, 9.30 on the Chairsnet YouTube channel. Um, otherwise, please do keep in touch via social media. Please do head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk. It's going to be a really fascinating week for, for all of us in the Rangers family. Um, so enjoy, and we will see you next week. Goodbye for now.